What's up, family? What a show is going to be. Welcome to Speak. I'm Emmanuel Lacho. That is NFL insider Dave Hellman. That's the one and only Joy Taylor, and this is the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're, we're having a shave. You're We're having a LaShawn McCoy. Our, our they, the Eagles lose one game. One game. <laughs> they lose one game, and my man is scared to come on TV. Are you kidding me, no, Shady McCoy? No. What is it? What has happened? No. I had I had a speech written out. I had a whole segment, and he's not even here. And he's not even here for it. Well, look, we got a great show for you. Dave already mentioned it. The Eagles lost. Can you believe it? The longest streak in Philadelphia Eagles history as far as starting a season. And in the NFL, it's over. Losing to the Washington Commanders. Now, Jalen Hurts, he did have himself a touchdown pass or two. But the Eagles made too many mistakes. There was a costly interception. There were several fumbles. And the Commanders rushed for over 150 yards and found a way to get it done. After the game, A.J. Brown said, quote, Now that all the 17-0 bleep is over, now we're going to wake up. How are you going to respond? Question mark. I love it. Um, the Eagles took an L. Shady is not here to talk about it. Unbelievable. But, Joy Taylor, you are. How concerning is this Eagles loss to the Commanders? It's not really concerning to me. I, I will fill the role of Shady and for <laughs> the panic that is now rising for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not concerning. Look, give the Commanders some credit. They played a really nice game, had a good game plan. When you have a team that's doing what the Eagles have been doing to everyone every single week, Keep their quarterback on the sideline. Did an excellent job of that. The Eagles overall looked really clunky. There were some unexplainable turnovers. There were some moments where they looked like they were coming back and guys were just dropping the ball on the ground. So there was a lot that happened last night. But I thought the commanders played a really solid game. They had a good game plan. They executed it. And you got to give them credit for that. I didn't think the Eagles were going to win every game this season. I said that every single week. There was no anticipation that they were going to have an undefeated season. I don't even think the Eagles anticipated on having an undefeated season. They're just taking it week by week, which is why it's not that concerning to me. It's a division game. It's the second time they're playing them. You're going to have this. They know each other. They, they know how to prepare for each other. So the, the biggest thing to me that stood, stood out last night was their ability to run stop for the Eagles. That's concerning. But they have hope on the horizon. Jordan Davis, when he's playing, the Eagles are allowing 3.87 yards per carry when he is on the field. That ranks fourth in the NFL in opponents' yards per carry. Well, they're allowing 5.10 yards per carry when he's not there. That ranks 29th. So there's a very obvious gap in their ability to stop the run when he is not on the field. He is coming back, so they have, they have help coming. And that is when you're looking at what the Eagles are going to do moving forward, the biggest concern, and they have have it solved for it. Yeah, the reason I actually am concerned is really at the end of what you said. Jordan Davis is coming back, but we don't know when, and we don't know how healthy he'll be when he comes back. That's the Eagles' first-round pick, 6'5", 350 pounds, ran a 4'8", 40 at the NFL Combine. He's a beast, but he's not there right now. And the reason I'm mainly concerned is, Eagles, y'all have to realize, opponents now smell blood in the water. That's what happens when you get gashed offensively. Ask the Dallas Cowboys. Justin Fields and the Cowboys, Justin Fields and the Bears rush for over 200 yards on the Cowboys. What happens? All of a sudden, the Packers are like, wait a second. Are the Cowboys susceptible to the run? Oh, let's go ahead and pass, run it too, even though we have Aaron Rodgers. Now teams will start to smell blood in the water. The question is, do other teams have sharks? Do other teams have the ability to attack? And as you look at the Eagles' upcoming schedule, I'm concerned because, okay, you're facing Jonathan Taylor. Early on in the season, that didn't mean much. But Jonathan Taylor dominated on the running attack last week for the Colts. Then you have the Packers, who just ran for 150-plus yards on the Cowboys. Then you have Derrick Henry. Then you have Saquon Barkley. If you do not eliminate that blood that is currently in the water, other teams will try to expose the Eagles. If the Eagles could instantly fix their problems overnight, I wouldn't be concerned at all. Because truth be told, Bunch of those fumbles were, were flukes. I mean, Dallas Goddard's getting his face ripped off. Quez Watkins is trying too hard. A bunch of those fumbles were just things that won't happen again. But in the NFL, the second you smell blood in the water, you will go and attack. The only question is, do other teams have sharks? The Eagles' upcoming schedule proves that they do. So as desperately as I just want to lay into the Eagles as a <laughs> return of favor for everything Shady McCoy has put me through on this show – I think that's really well said. Me, personally, like, I'm not worried about this. And even, okay, the the run defense concerns are there. It's a great stat that that they're much worse without Jordan Davis. But even last night, 
the Eagles allowed three yards per carry. Washington mm-hmm. needed 50 attempts to get their yardage total. Their long for the night was 11 yards. Like, I'm glad you brought up the Cowboys, Acho, because it's not the same thing. Yep. It's not the same thing as what the Packers were doing in the Cowboys or the Bears where you're seeing guys ripping off chunk play after chunk play. Washington had to work for every single yard. And then in the second half, the Eagles kept trying to put it together. And like you said, not just turnovers. These were not turnovers. These were fluke plays. Jalen Hurts' interception went through A.J. Brown's hands. Dallas Goddard got his head ripped off on one of the fumbles. There was another. What was the other really, really bizarre one? The, uh, Quez Watkins. When he Quez gets Watkins the ground. hits a 50-yard play, pops up, is running for yeah. the end zone. So all of that stuff, that is not repeatable. So nothing that happened last night makes me think like, ooh, this isn't the team that I thought it was. I think the Eagles are exactly who I thought they right. were. They had a very bad night at the office. Now, if you can indulge me. They lost, though, Shady. They finally <laughs> lost. And you know what? They, had, they, were, they were behind in the second half. This is the first time the Eagles have really been punched in the mouth. I'm not saying that they're frauds or anything. They didn't handle it as well as they could have. And that's what I've been concerned about with the Eagles this entire time is when you get off script, when you are not dictating what happens during the game, how do you respond? A little bit fluky? But that's not a passing grade. That's not what you want to see from a team that Mr. McCoy over here. Oh, wait, he's not here. He's not here to defend his birds. (laughs) But I was told they were the best team in the league. I never believed that. And here we are. Joy, going to come back to you momentarily. Dave, you said something that needs to be expounded on for the viewer. It's like the Eagles did not play bad against the run. They only allowed 3.1 yards per carry. For context, the best team in the league against the run allows 3.4 yards a carry. So the Eagles actually played decent against the run statistically. Here's the problem that people don't talk well enough about. It's not can you stop the run. That's not the actual question in football. The real question is can you discourage a team from running the ball? Good point. Anybody who runs 50 times is going to rush for 150 yards. The best team at stopping the run in football is the San Francisco 49ers. They give up 3.4 yards per carry. If you ran the ball on every down statistically, you'd still get a first down and three downs against the Niners because 3.4 times 3 is greater than 10. So the question isn't about whether you can stop the run. It's can you discourage teams from running it? And that's what the Eagles didn't do, which is why I had a little bit more fear because to, to your point, if I didn't play bad and I lost, that concerns me joy more than if I played bad and I lost. Eagles didn't play bad. Longest run they gave up was 11 yards. It's so frustrating as a former defender when people are like, ah, the Eagles played trash against the run. No, they didn't. They just did not create any negative plays, and that is truly what was the story of the game. But, Joy, let me come to you for this because Dave said something that Shady can't respond to, so you have to. Are you concerned with the fact that finally the Eagles weren't leading at halftime, they were trailing, And when you see some of the more high-flying quarterbacks, more prolific offenses, oh, seven-point, ten-point deficit, not a big deal. But Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense didn't come back from that. Did that concern you at all? No, because it was a fluky game. Did the game against the Chiefs concern you? Or the the Chiefs Chiefs lost to the Colts concern you? No. No. Okay. Now, I don't think the commanders are as bad as the Colts, although Colts Nation would be happy to tell you that they are. (laughs) That's what I keep hearing. That's what I keep hearing. They're not a complete team. They've had some struggles this year, the Commanders. Now, they're in division, so it's a little bit different. But that game didn't concern you about the Chiefs. didn't concern me. And this game with the Eagles doesn't concern me either. They had an opportunity to win this game. Watkins doesn't drop the ball, like get up and literally drop the ball on the ground and fumble it into the Washington Commanders' hands. We're probably having a different conversation right now. It was, it was a bad game, and that's, that's fine. They know it. They own it. To me, I look at this, this situation with the Eagles as a good thing. Because if we, we talk about it all year. You go on these long streaks, you start having conversations. When are they going to lose a game? There was odds for when they were going to lose a game. Are they going to be able to catch the 72 Dolphins? What are they going to look like in the postseason? All right, cool. Now they've come back down to earth. Are they really the best team in the league? Is Jalen Hurts able to finish games? Perfect position to be in. It's so much better to be underestimated than have people have expectations of you. So to me, this was a, a good loss, if you can have it be that way. Because it's not like the commander's beat them up. It's not like it was a blowout. You felt like they were in it to the very end. They just made too many mistakes to overcome. Dave, where you stand on that aspect of it being a good loss? I've been saying that this whole time. And if Shady wasn't ducking me, that's how I would make him (laughs) feel better about this. Because look, look, 
you you don't want those problems. Like unless you are the 07 Patriots, like unless you're really, you know, Hall of Famers at at eight different positions, whatever the statistic is, unless you're really built like that, you don't want those problems. I got a small taste of it. Like when when teams are able to rip off 10 and 11 games in a row, the Cowboys did it. They weren't even undefeated. But the pressure that comes with that, it's another level. You you don't want that. You don't want the whole – you don't want your season turning into a story that's bigger than sports. And that's what it is when you're going after a a mark like the 1972 Dolphins. You don't want that. This is better for them. It takes the pressure off. They are a good team. They are not a historically memorable team in that regard. And that's fine. That's a good thing. You you don't need to win every game to win the Super Bowl. That's what I kept trying to tell Shady. I never saw this team going 17-0. There's probably – one to three more losses coming for them in the regular season, and that's fine, too. Losing, I think, is good in this situation. Just take the pressure off. Don't compare them to the 92 Dolphins. I don't mind that the Eagles lost. As an Eagles fan, I do mind how they lost because the way in which they lost to me isn't fixable. To your point of joy at being fluky, that's just annoying. Some of the stuff that happened yesterday, you're just like, that will never happen, more than likely again. But I'm like... Your defensive tackles are 6'3", 290, 6'2", 307, 6'2", 305. They, they lighten the butt. That's what Coach would say. <laughs> they, I, he wouldn't say butt, but he would say, he would say some, some figure speech like that. Unless Jordan Davis, it, it, their first-round defensive tackle who is currently hurt, unless he comes back and instantly hits the ground running, then I'm a little concerned still. Keep in mind, if you got a high ankle injury and that ankle is supporting 350 pounds, I can only imagine how well he will come back. But the Eagles desperately need Jordan Davis back so they can get back in the win column. Coming up, Aaron Rodgers has reasons to smile because the Packers losing streak Oh, it's finally over. Three touchdown passes he threw. So it's vintage Aaron Rodgers back. You are going to want to hear the answer to that. Next, speak. Shady, where you at, man? Come back, Shady. Face me, Shady. What's up, family? Welcome back. Joined by the one and only Will Blackman, my guy, 12-year NFL vet, Super Bowl champ, played with Brett Favre, played with Aaron Rodgers, which brings us to the topic of discussion, which is Aaron Rodgers, because he said last week was, quote, rock bottom-ish for the Packers, but that all changed after their win against the Cowboys. Now, Rodgers threw three touchdown passes, and Green Bay snapped their five-game losing streak, which had me thinking, y'all, vintage Aaron Rodgers. Vintage Aaron Rodgers, he might be back. Dave Hellman, you were there in the flesh. My guy flew all the way from L.A. to Chicago, drove from Chicago to the Bay, watched the game, left the Bay, went back to Chicago at 2 a.m., left Chicago, got on a flight back to L.A. and was here yesterday morning for the show. Turn up. Dedication. Yeah, I've never heard that before. He he called it the Bay, and he played there. What do you mean? I played there. That's what we call it. That's what they call it? Is that what you call it? In the NFL world, yes. Okay. The Bay? Yeah, it's hard to make Green Bay swaggy. Don't but look at me like that. Get some kind of swag in Green Bay. <laughs> okay, look, Aaron Rodgers brought the swag back. So, Will Blackman, let me ask you: You played with Aaron yes. Rodgers his first year as a starter. You yes. were there. You've watched him develop over the years. Is vintage Aaron Rodgers back? Vintage Aaron Rodgers never left. Still there. What happened was people around him changed. That was a deal. Yep. Lost Devontae Adams, but vintage Aaron Rodgers is back. You saw what he did last week: uh, 14 for 20. 224, three TDs, zero picks. That's vintage Aaron Rodgers. That's vintage Rodgers. In my mind, I'm with you wholeheartedly. I think he's back. Dave, I see you giving me a look. But look at that look. Three yeah. touchdown no, look. passes, no picks. That Efficiency. would be 51 touchdowns on a season, no picks. Uh, he had six incompletions, but two of which were drops. Why don't you think or do you not think vintage Rodgers is back? It wasn't vintage Aaron Rodgers, but that could be a good thing. Like, you hear me say that. And you assume that I'm, I'm calling him a bum or something. That's not the point. That was not vintage Aaron Rodgers because that was a Green Bay offense that I am not used to seeing. And it's a Green Bay offense that I was hoping we would see earlier. What I'm trying to get to is the engine of this team is not Aaron Rodgers. It's their running game. It's the fact that they ran for 207 yards. And yes, yes, Aaron Rodgers made some incredible throws. The throw, oh, to, the throw to Sammy Watkins where he just put it right on his face mask, like right at the boundary. Vintage. It was an amazing throw, but here, here's my point. I got it right here. You know how many times, you know how many times in 154 wins Aaron Rodgers has thrown 20 or fewer passes? Out of 154 wins, he's done it four times. Vintage Aaron Rodgers is in the gun, spread out, 
throwing the ball 36 times a game, completing 30 of them, 380 yards, four touchdowns. That's vintage Aaron Rodgers. This is let me make the five or six plays that I need to make and let Aaron Jones do the rest. And honestly, it's a recipe for success. That's the best they've looked all year. This is what they've needed to be doing since the beginning of the season. They can win games this way. I just wonder if it's too late. Like, they needed to have found this formula a month ago because it looks really good. It's just not vintage Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you still hung on the back? Still- <laughs> no, no. This, an, hey, this, man. Is not, this is not vintage Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, I'm not going to repeat all of the numbers that Dave just so eloquently gave, but that's not Aaron Rodgers football. The efficiency part, yes, I'll give you but that. But that's, that's the main thing. That's all I'm really saying is efficiency. That's who he is. Efficiency is who he is, but he's also slinging the ball around. The reason he won back-to-back MVPs wasn't because he was just efficient. He was also putting up a bunch of numbers, which is why I love how you keep just sliding in that 51 number like, okay, but he only need to keep doing this every single week <laughs> right. to get to that point, and that's <laughs> probably not going to happen. Here's the thing. I love the, how the quotes with Aaron Rodgers have, got, have like morphed over the years. It's like, relax. What was the other one? Uh, shh. Shh. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's, we're not dead. <laughs> oh, did he say that? Yes. Yeah, but, but uh, here's the thing. Like like you mentioned, playing with Aaron Rodgers, I remember in, in a particular practice, I actually picked off one of his passes, and he gave me the meanest death stare I ever saw in my entire life. Like, don't you ever touch the football ever again. <laughs> so my point in terms of efficiency, he does not like turning the ball. He does not like throwing sure. interceptions. So yesterday, him with the three TDs and zero picks, that is vintage Aaron Rodgers. It's not so much him throwing the ball 40 times all over the field. It's like, look, I'm going to do what we need to do in terms of, like, like I said, all the touchdowns, no interceptions, that is who he is. And, I mean, it's hard for him to be like that in terms of throwing it 30 times when he doesn't have the guys around him to do so. Sure, and Dave's also right. That's not going to work this year because right. so, he doesn't have the guys. So they should be leaning into the run game. Sure. They have an amazing ensemble at the running uh, back position. Sure so do. they should be And it was against that. the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Correct. Now that was vintage. <laughs> now that was vintage Aaron Rodgers. But when you're looking at the, the season and, and, and what Aaron's going to be able to do in strength – together moving forward, that's what I'm hesitant about. Look, they lost five games in a row. This is the NFL. That's quite a hole to climb out of, especially <laughs> when you've got a team in your division that's winning the way that the Minnesota Vikings are. So what, what, what team is going to fall off in order for Green Bay to climb up is my question. That's a good question. Well, what because did that's climb really up, though, problem. what did help, though, was Christian Watson. Like, that was huge for that, for him to get that confidence. Yes, in their, it, was, it was his yeah. coming out party, yeah. for sure. I guess the, the, the fascinating thing, because Joy brings up a great point, and let's, let's transition to here, is what can the Packers, is it too late for the Packers, is now the question. Dave said that. Joyce uh, expounded on that. Can the Packers and can Aaron Rodgers repeat this formula enough in your mind to catch a Giants team, a Cowboys team, or a 49ers team? Because right now they, gotta they are. They got to catch the Commanders, too. Yeah, and they got to catch the Commanders. I was kind of looking we'll over them. them. <laughs> like, beat them. Oh, wow. <laughs> are, are, is Rodgers good enough to repeat this performance? I think, I think the team is, and this was a significant win to do so because it does it does show the formula and we were waiting for a receiver to truly step up and that's what Christian Watson did you know you know after the first drop he had in the beginning of the year now he went over 100 yards and really balled out so I think if they just stick to this formula it's very possible the the interesting thing though Dave is like it's not that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the ability I think that's where so many people are lost. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's vintage. He's still there. He's you know still there. I mean? To your point, I think other cats left. Remember, Christian Watson had a day. I think 103 yards, Dave. Correct me if I'm wrong. 107. 103, 107, right? But he still had two drops. Two early uh, down drops in the first drive of the game that kept Aaron Rodgers from balling even more than he would have. I wonder, Dave, if, 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 if Watson catches these two balls, do the Packers end up throwing it 25, 26, 28 times a game? Because they were running it and it was working. You start passing it, he's dropping it. And remember, even uh, this play where Christian Watson stops running because he looks back instead of looking up, I think that's a part of the reason that you didn't see the 35, 40 passes a game. I don't know if it's on Aaron Rodgers. I think it's on the wide receivers. I hope that's not true. And it's getting cold. Run the ball. Again, again an- another great point. Like, it's not going to get any more favorable. I mean, like, by Green Bay, it's funny, living in L.A. now, I'm like, oh, yeah, it wasn't that bad in Green Bay. It was like, thirty, you know, 32 degrees. And everybody's like, that's not bad? That's awful. <laughs> but it's not going to get any better. Like, that, that's what you should expect if you're the Packers for the rest of the year. They are built to run the ball well. Like, that's what worries me about the Packers. It, I mean, 
Why, why would you want to be throwing the ball 10, 15 more times when you can do that on the ground? 207 yards. That's really, really good in the NFL. I think that is their best path forward. I don't know if they can make up the ground. Again, like, okay, they've lost to the Commanders. They have lost to the Giants. So they have lost tiebreakers to two teams that are in the wild card chase with them. That ain't good. They've lost it to the Vikings already. I, I don't... Catching the Vikings feels like an absolute pipe dream. But even in the wild card chase, they've got losses to a few of those teams they're fighting against. If they play this way, I think they can make it interesting. Like, Aaron Rodgers is good enough that I cannot completely just say, ah, get out of here, you're gone. But <laughs> We're they, not dead. They, <laughs> the margin of error is very, very slim. But playing that way, I think they can do it. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at with them. Like, this was a great win. Normally, I would think Why you it to me. I'm trying to attribute your quote. It was a great win, as Will said, but there's not there's not a whole lot of time to turn it around, and you have no margin for error because you have to look at the teams that are ahead of you and how they are playing. They have to fall apart as That's well. Right. So you're no longer in control of your own destiny. So you can put some things together, make it interesting. But that's just a lot of ground to make up. Obviously, Tampa doesn't matter because they're going to win their division. But you've got the Giants, Cowboys, Niners, and Commanders ahead of you. And look, the Falcons and Cardinals are still playing for something as well. So you really can't mess up moving forward. Rodgers played atrocious versus the Detroit Lions. Three interceptions. He balled out versus the Dallas Cowboys. Three touchdowns. Which Aaron Rodgers do you expect us to see going forward? I expect to see the Dallas one. Again, because of the young guys around him. They're gaining confidence because the, the, the thing for me is the best quarterbacks that I play with, they were able to elevate the guys around him. And I think that's where Aaron struggled this year was being able to elevate and lead the guys around him. And I think with this game alone, it showed it like now it's on film. Like now now we see what it looks like, what we can do. Let's try to repeat that success. Go back to the first game of the season, Packers-Vikings. Christian Watson, second-round pick for the Packers, beats Patrick Peterson on a goal ball. Right. He Wide open. It. Wide open. Wide open. How much did that play in your mind as a 12-year NFL vet? How much did that play impact Christian Watson going forward and Rodgers going forward? I think it was massive. I think for Christian Watson to go in, like, okay, like now Devontae Adams left. I'm the guy. Let me try to gain Aaron Rodgers' trust. I get this deep ball wide open, and I drop it. It's like, man, like that's tough. And even for Aaron, you know, he wasn't there in the offseason to work with this receiver. So he's like, man, well, I don't know what he can do. I don't know what any of my guys can do. So I'm trying to figure it out. So it was a long adjustment, I would say, up until now where, okay, finally we, we put it together on, on what, what it could look like. Now, to your point, what can they do from here now? I don't know. But to answer the question, I think vintage Aaron Rodgers has never left. It's just a matter of him. This is the different side of Aaron Rodgers. I think now he has to step up more and, and try to elevate everyone around him. Well, it seems like the switch has flipped for the Packers, at least for Christian Watson. But Jerry Jones, on the other end of the spectrum, he lost the game with his Cowboys, but his quotes, well, they never cease to amaze me. You're going to want to hear what Jerry Jones said about Dak Prescott. When we return, that's speak. Well, the Cowboys took a big L on Sunday to the Packers, and now the Cowboys are 6-3. and three. Dak Prescott did throw three touchdown passes, but he also added two interceptions. Owner and general manager Jerry Jones asked earlier today if Dak is the weak link and said, quote, the strength in our chances to win a championship is in Dak, close quote. Dave, wipe that silly <laughs> smirk off your goddamn face. Um, Sorry. Do the Cowboys have too much belief in Dak Prescott? No. No, no. Why? Like, why? Why is that the question? Like, why? Like, because Jerry Jones said that one of these one of these days we're one of these days we're going to realize that Jerry Jones just says stuff like so. So what? Like Jerry Jones likes to build his guys confidence up. He's done this with Zeke like three times this year. We go as Zeke goes. Zeke is the straw that stirs the drink. Talking right after Tony Pollard had the game of his life, he's talking about how much Zeke means to the team. He likes to build his guys up. Dak didn't play well. Dak is a good quarterback. I personally believe Dak is a good enough quarterback to win a championship mm. with. He also embraced a quarterback competition. Jerry did. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> again, building up Cooper Rush, like building up a guy who was put in a hard spot saying, wouldn't it be great if we had that to talk about? Jerry likes to do this type of stuff. A, because Jerry likes being in the news cycle. And B, 
Jerry likes to inspire confidence in his guys. Like, wouldn't it be a more noteworthy story if the owner of the Cowboys was like, we got to do something about this guy. We gave him too much money. Like, you can't say that. Why, like, why, why does this bother you so much? It bothers me not because Jerry's saying it, my guy Will, Joy Taylor, Dave Hellman. It bothers me because people believe it. If Jerry was saying it and guys like you wouldn't believe it, I wouldn't be bothered. But the problem is you got guys that actually out here think that Dak is great enough, good enough to win you a championship. I don't believe it. One in three in the playoffs. First and foremost, he's going on year seven in the league, so the fact that he's only one in three in the playoffs kind of tells you mathematically he ain't made the playoffs every year. So one in three in the playoffs. Then as I look at the NFC as it currently stands, what quarterback is Dak unequivocally better than? I can think of one. Daniel Jones. I'm not saying Dak Prescott's unequivocally better than Geno Smith. I'm not saying he's unequivocally better than Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying he's unequivocally better than Kirk Cousins. Definitely not saying he's unequivocally better than uh, Tom Brady. Not saying he's unequivocally better than Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs. So there is one quarterback in the current playoff picture that I think Dak Prescott is unequivocally better than. You got to argue about anybody else. Got to argue about Kirk. Got to argue about Jimmy. Got to argue about Geno. So that is why I am bothered by it. Because Jerry Jones might be telling lies, but some people take those lies to be truths. You go right ahead <laughs> and you take your Kirk Cousins big game record and your Jimmy Garoppolo playoff stat line and you have fun with those. You just take take. What em. you going to take? If I'll one take win, Dak you gonna Prescott. Take one playoff win? He played well make. and was a reason why they won that game. That's more than Jimmy Garoppolo He's a big, he's a big part of their success. He's a huge part of their right. success. Like they, they do not compete without him. The question is very simple. What success? He's 61%. I'm, I'm, thinking, what, I'm thinking, what, what success? The one playoff win since 2016? That's success? First of all, what success? This, I'm curious. This is his seventh, I'm curious. This is his seventh year. Mm-hmm. He's trending toward six. You got hurt. Well, I was about to say, thank you. You, you were, Sorry, we, no, were gonna, we were going to jump ahead. We were going to make the same today, point. So I was this trying is, to help you out. You know what I'm saying? You did a great job. All right, cool. This is his seventh year. He missed one due to injury. So take that off the board. They finished with a winning record another year, so they were in the mix that year as well. He's trending toward another playoff appearance, so what's that? You're 16, 18, 21, and now 22. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think the Cowboys will make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's four times in seven years. Like, one, what win you, show, what one, you, one win to show for it. What are you mad about? I'm mad at the fact that – Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. Sure. I'm not saying he's the best quarterback. I never said he was the best you quarterback. Didn't, you didn't. You said he was good, but we're talking championships. That's what Jerry Jones is talking about. Joy Taylor, what you talking about? Do the Cowboys have too much belief in Dak? No, the Cowboys have too much belief in Jerry. <laughs> Why are we talking about Jerry Jones? As usual, we're talking about the owner of the Cowboys and a quote that he's giving once again. <laughs> what did I write right here? Cooper, thank you for bringing that up, Will. This is the same Jerry Jones that encouraged a quarterback competition between a practice squad player and a guy he just paid $160 million. This is the reason why I, re- I always say this. I don't take the Cowboys seriously. We have 25 years. Tw- 25, 26. 26. 26 years of evidence. I'm an evidence girl. I like facts and figures. 25 years. 26 years. We've watched the same thing with the Cowboys. Talent, quarterback, stars. Mm. Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys. What do they do? They disappoint. Why do they disappoint? Because they do the same thing every single year. Jerry Jones is the face of the organization. No other organization does that. And there's one common what? denominator, as you're saying. Basically, Correct. Yes. yes. That's what it is. There, <laughs> there is an answer. It's right here. It's the best business model in the world. It is the best sports business model in the world. It could be studied repeatedly. If you want to make the most money of any organization on planet Earth, you do what the Cowboys do. If you want to win championships, you don't do what the Cowboys do. It's as simple as that. That's what the evidence shows you over a quarter of a century. More than a quarter of a century. And to your point about, about Dak Prescott, who do you think really, be honest, right now is a confetti guy in the NFC? Forget the AFC, in the NFC. I like that term, Not confetti, confetti guy. guy. That's a good question. Shout out Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Who can win a championship? Who is a, a championship team in your mind? Honestly. In the NFC, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady. Jimmy Garoppolo lost the Super Bowl, so he's not a confetti guy. No, just because he's lost one doesn't mean he's He has Super never won a Super Bowl, therefore not a confetti guy. The confetti guy did not fall on Jimmy Garoppolo. Let him get you there. So, so you're saying the only confetti guys can be if you've won Super Bowls. Who can you see winning a Super Bowl? I, again, I would we say. We know Jimmy can't do this it because he had an opportunity to do it and he didn't do it. So he's not a confetti guy right now. No, that, hey. that, that logic is Come irrational. on, I'll show you. So you're in the heat right now. The only, Tom Brady no, is the Tom only Tom Brady, one. Aaron Rodgers. You think Aaron Rodgers can win a Super Bowl this year? Are you talking about talent, or are you saying, what do I expect to happen? I'm saying if you're arguing that it's ridiculous that Dak Prescott could win a championship, who are you arguing for? Jimmy G did not, has had many opportunities in the postseason. He's been 
But well, wait, 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 wait. He's made it. He's made it far. How can you argue for Dak over Jimmy? Jimmy's significantly more successful in the playoffs. I'm not going to penalize Jimmy Garoppolo for going to the Super Bowl and losing right. more than I'm going to penalize I will, Dak I will, for not even sniffing I will even submit sniffing Jimmy it. Garoppolo. Who else? I will submit Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I won't. I'm not giving him. <laughs> I, I, I won't either. But I'll submit. I'll go. I'll like Jimmy, I like Jimmy's big game experience. I I'll like go. Jimmy throwing for 110 and no touchdowns in the playoffs. Like, at cool. least he's not going to throw a pick. But You're on a loaded team. Jalen Hurts. Okay. Jalen Hurts, wait. This is okay. This is what drives me crazy. About I'm this so mad right now. Yeah, just. just <laughs> I'm so mad this right now. This is what drives me crazy about this conversation. I'm confused now. You're arguing against Dak Prescott, right? Correct. But you're arguing for Jalen. I'm not arguing for anybody. You made me answer a question that I gave you okay, a valid but answer. Okay, how to. can you get angry about the Dak Prescott prospect if Jalen has not won a playoff game? For this reason. Her cousins is abysmal for this in big games and has the exact same amount of playoff wins as just Dak Prescott. Just cross your eyes when you said that. Abysmal. <laughs> abysmal. <laughs> For this reason. Um, I'll give you two very valid reasons. Number one, since 2019, Dak Prescott is 4-15 and 15 versus playoff teams. So you want to talk about abysmal? 4-15 and 15 versus playoff teams is pretty abysmal. Okay, so Kirk and Dak are washed then. Fair. So I'm just saying, whatever you talk about Kirk-like, talk about Dak-like. And whatever you talk about Dak-like, you talk about Kirk-like. But we're not going to talk about Dak like he a god and talk about Kirk and Jimmy G like they are. Nobody saying, we're not talks saying about we're Dak saying, like he's he a god. I'm just, we're I'm saying, is he capable? But he, what has he shown you to say he's capable? My thing, that he's like, a winning quarterback. That's what he shows him he's capable. Winning cap- quarterbacks against losing teams. He's a winning quarterback against losing teams. The Cowboys are losing against those teams. But here's here's my thought process, though, because I think... I like I'm, having Will here. It's so much better than Shady. <laughs> I think that Shady's going to rewatch this. <laughs> you acting like this, like this episode <laughs> going to We're on TV now. <laughs> I think this. I think an uncommon talent can override a common denominator. I think Absolutely it, not. Joe Burrow. How? Okay. They lost. Joe Burrow what, got what, what, the Bengals. What's the common denominator, though, common with, with denominator the Bengals? common denominator for the Bengals is you go to the playoffs, you get mollywopped. Think about Andy Dalton. Six times you went to the playoffs, six they times got you got They got a whole bounced. new coach. But think the ownership is all the same. The management is the same. The CEO is the same. The, the owner is the same. They got a new so, coach. But if we're talking about Jerry Jones as the owner. And they got Joe Burrow. That's my point. That is my point. And they have <laughs> Joe Burrow. If you have an uncommon talent like Joe Burrow. He was the best player own- coming out of college. That is, but that's my Dak point. wasn't. Okay. Dak was Romo's backup, and when Romo got hurt, he took over. But now we got $160 million, so stop talking about college. You're talking about 2016. Yeah, now. no, I, I, stop I, I understand about college what now, you're saying. I know what you're saying in terms of. Saying, but like it's, why are you buttoning up your jacket like that on me? He starts the point, he unbuttons it when he says, What I'm saying is, who do you have unrequited confidence in? I like that point. That you would that you would right. be so appalled right. at the idea of right. Dak in the NFC. In the NFC. Yep. That's my point. That's like fair. other than Tom Brady this year, because he's done it a million times and they still are going to make For the sure. playoffs yep. because of their division. You can't talk to me about Aaron Rodgers. They had a nice win, but they're they're out of it right now. They have to be mm-hmm. perfect for the rest of the season. Who's out of to it? Even be- Packers. Look out, the Packers. They like oh, Packers. Yeah, they're, yeah. They, they lost five games in a row. It's the NFL. Like, I heard Tom and I heard Otterville. I'm like, no, 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 no. Tom's not out of it at all. They're going to win their division. So who else? I guess we're saying the same thing. We're saying it differently. Remember, I started off by saying there is no quarterback outside of Daniel Jones that I think Dak is unequivocally better than. There's too much belief. You're saying there's nobody that Dak is unequivocally worse than. So we're almost saying the same thing. I'm saying, like, Dak, I don't trust that Dak could beat the Cowboys, that Dak could beat the Vikings, that Dak could beat the Eagles, that Dak could beat the Seahawks, that Dak could beat the Bucks, that Dak could beat the Niners. There's nobody that I'm like, oh, Dak, you got that in the bag. There's no quarterback that I trust is significantly worse than Dak when I'm like, oh, it don't matter. The Cowboys got Dak. But when you look at the teams, right, like when you look at the teams, does you really feel that way? Like, let's look at, let's right. consider that football is a team all, sport. All players? I don't think that any, te- I don't know that the Cowboys as a team or does Cowboys with Dak beat Philly that week? No, but I do believe it's closer. And it's that's what I've been game. arguing. It's a better game. That's yeah. what I've been arguing. It's like, a better game. I, I think the Cowboys, if they stay healthy in Dallas, likely can and will knock off the Eagles. Because those interceptions are horrible. For. They were. But Dak's interceptions are horrible, too. He's had four starts this season, Dave Hellman. He's thrown picks in three of them, Dave Hellman. He gave the, the Chicago Bears a free three points. He gave the Green Bay Packers... Six points because he didn't capitalize on six points. That's what I'm Here's wondering. the thing. At the end of the day, the Cowboys do not have a chance of competing for Super Bowl without Dak. Period. Well said. They don't have a great chance with them. No, they do. What you mean? Have a pretty good chance. How? Because if the Cowboys... You're not about to flip my statement, buddy. If the Cowboys... <laughs> <laughs> 
I got two buttons. I got two buttons. If I think honestly, Dak Prescott's peak is behind him. And I don't think that's an asinine statement to make. I think Dak Prescott's best days at quarterback are behind that's him. The question is, that's, a, that's a bold. How yeah. long can he maintain this level is the question. But I don't think Dak Prescott was a more dangerous quarterback in my mind when Dak Prescott was a better runner. When Dak Prescott was a more willing runner. I don't think he's a bad runner. I just don't think he wants to run anymore. Willing is a better word because he's shown this year he's shown the ability to do it. He had a 35-yard run against the Bears. He scored a touchdown on, an, on a read option. I agree with you. That's the thing. Like, I get I get penciled into this corner where I'm just like the number one Dak stand. Like, Dak can do no wrong. I just think he's better than a lot of people want to give him credit for. He's got to clean up his decision-making. Like, the, mul- the, the, the picks he's throwing – are not going to cut it, especially if it's coming every single week, which is what we I think that's where the elevation can happen in terms of just situational football. Because when we look at Dak, we look at him as a talent. Yes, he's very talented. Is he capable of leading a team? Yes, but it's it's situations, it's crucial situations. And that's where, okay, you mentioned Joe, Joe Burrow. He came in ready. Like, I call him Brady Jr. Like, that's what I call him. He came in ready to do that. The best quarterbacks, they understand situations. You know, you go back to Tom Brady. When he was in New England, that's what it was. They, they just mastered situations. So it's not so much, okay, I have here, you know, with Dak, they have 30 points per game. Without him, 21 points per game. It's not so much those numbers. It's like the key situations, can, can, they, can he get that done? And I think that's the next step for him. Let me ask you this, though, big dog. At the point in which Dak Prescott has been in the National Football League for seven years and played high-level college football, it's not like he was at uh, North Dakota State. At the point in which he's been in the National Football League for seven years, why are we still talking about, man, Dak just got to learn situations? I mean, the dude has played 100-plus games. He would have had to, like, why are we still talking about things that you should be talking about with second- and third-year quarterback? Trevor Lawrence needs to learn situations. Justin Fields, learn situations. Zach Wilson, learn situations. Dak Prescott, I don't know that we should still be talking about something fundamental is situational football. It depends on the information being passed. Because I feel like when you're in the right situation with the right coach, we don't know what those meetings are like. Prime example, like Tua. I mean, Tua, I mean, he found McDaniels, I mean, gosh, that is a match made in heaven for what he's able to do for him. And that's a big deal. A coach, a coach can either elevate a player's career or minimize it. And that's and that's a big deal. I feel like right now, I don't we don't know the conversations that Dak has had with the previous regime. We don't know what the conversations that are having now. We don't know what the game planning is like in terms of like, are they actually going over like these are the situations versus like these are the numbers, these are the analytics we need to do to get these certain things to win the game. Like, we, we, don't, we don't know. But, I, you know, that's, that's the problem. And we do know Mike McCarthy is not the best situationally. Because I would agree with you. It goes you. off that, the rails that is, from time that to time. That is really what's frustrating with the Cowboys is situationally they, they always make the wrong decision in the biggest moments. But I circle back again to the reason we're having this conversation. Why are we even talking about the Cowboys in the Super Bowl at all? Because Jerry. Thank you. <laughs> all, coming up, all in the meetings. A team who deserves to be talked about in the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles. They lost last night to the Commanders on national television. But if we lost confidence in Philly, that's next on Speed. What? <laughs> Yo, welcome back, y'all. We got to check in on our social life because it's getting wild out there in these streets. Taylor Heineke, Washington Commanders quarterback, chained up, chain gang. This is starting to become the newest tradition in football. Ice up, Taylor Heineke. Will Blackman, how you feel about young Heineke? Man, take them chains off, man. You lost to Kurt last week. <laughs> That's Kurt's tradition. Take them chains off. Hey, he beat the undefeated Eagles. Man, though. take them chains off. I mean, does it off. not make it, a, a, like, a little bit more funny that he's no, it doesn't. Bush no, because it wasn't as cool. A bag of ice. It wasn't as cool as Kurt's. Kirk actually came off the shirt. He <laughs> was dancing. He was sitting down and having the brewski. Like, come on, man. And, that, you, that and you lost to Kirk. Where if you beat Kirk? If he beat Kirk, throw him on. Bro, if you beat an undefeated team, you can't celebrate like that? Dude, fine. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like they made a, they really, a really, they're trying to make a point with this. What's the point? Heineke should be that guy. Oh. I, I was thinking this, man. The right if, point. Imagine if anybody you, who feels, should feel the type of way. Carson. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> imagine if you, Carson Wentz, just sitting on a plane, texting, and they're over there, Heineke, Heineke, and you're just like, 
Right. Well, they're well, three and one with Heineke. Well, that was their record before Heineke. I, feel, I just, you know, I feel bad for my guy. But sorry, Carson. The job is Heineke's. Let's get to the Eagles because Heineke did just dismantle them yesterday. It'd be like that. Um, now, the Eagles no longer undefeated. They lost. 72 Dolphins. You can celebrate. The Commanders found a way to get it done for several turnovers. Picked off Jalen Hurts a time or two for several fumbles that they recovered. And the Eagles, down go the Eagles. Down go the Eagles. Will, did you lose any confidence in the Eagles after last night? Absolutely not. I lost zero confidence in the Eagles. Um, however, this was a bad loss in terms of it was in a division and it was in the conference. So you're messing with, you know, can you win, win a division, also get like first round by, so mess with that. But in terms of that, not at all. This is, this is a well-built football team. Yeah. Across the board, every single position, well executed. So, no, zero confidence losses. I'm with you, but a little bit differently. I lost no confidence in the Eagles last night, but I'm going to say something that's even more important. I gained confidence this weekend in the Commanders. I gained confidence in the Bucks. I gained confidence in the Niners. I gained confidence in the Giants. I gained confidence in the Vikings. So though I lost no confidence in the Eagles, I gained confidence in their competition. So it does not matter if you're not slowing down well, in a race. If the opponents are speeding up, you're still getting caught. Why? Vikings went to Buffalo, got a big-time dub. Giants are still finding ways to win. The Bucs went all the way to Germany and beat the Seahawks. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers against the Chargers, and albeit y'all know how I feel about the Chargers, 49ers look like they're starting to put it together. So I gained confidence in all of the Eagles' competition. Lost no confidence in the Eagles, but gained confidence in the teams that can beat the Eagles. And for me, that might be even more telling. Joy I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think anyone was scared of the Eagles to begin with. Like, no one was concerned. They were playing good football. But there was nothing for other teams to be threatened about in terms of the Eagles. Don't look at me like that. I'm telling you right now. Nobody was. It wasn't like – it's not like the, uh, the page, 07 Patriots where they were just – I agree. Where they were lights out and everyone was like, yo, this team is not messing I around. I just think that's like, blasphemy eight, eight, coming from eight, this seat. 8-0 2007? This from is, this, this seat. This is a surreal – this is a surreal experience. 8-0 2007. This is the anti-shady basically happening right now. 8-0 2007 is terrifying. 8-0 this team right here – they're they're a good football team. They're they're respected, but I don't think they're feared. I agree. I got to get my bearings. I agree with that. I, I don't disagree. Please do. But <laughs> I'm whispering. <laughs> um, Joy, where do you stand? No, I didn't lose any confidence in the Eagles. I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, Will. I, I think in most of most of that comes from the fact that they have still have a very young coach in Sirianni. No question. And Jalen Hurts hasn't necessarily proven himself even to the organization as far as Howie Roseman goes. So he, there's a young quarterback who hasn't right. won in the playoffs yet, and you don't have Bill Belichick. So – I think as far as you, teams looking at this team and being like, yeah, they're on this unprecedented run and who's right. ever going to take them out, I don't know that that was a sentiment around the Eagles. So that's why I don't lose any confidence in them. Again, I did not think that they were going to go undefeated this season. And I actually was, well, outside of the Dolphins, obviously, hoping that they didn't because when I said earlier I think this is a good loss, I do think it's important sometimes to have a loss like this where it's sloppy, where you're making ridiculous mistakes, where you're not able to close the game out, where it's a, divi a division loss. So you kind of recalibrate. You're not riding at the top. Right. And I don't think that the Eagles are the type of team that ever felt like they didn't have anything to prove to begin with. And sometimes you have these unprecedented crazy runs with teams where they're just blowing everybody out and their offense is just unstoppable. And you kind of get the sentiment around the team that they're like, oh, we, we can't be beat. I never felt that way with the Eagles. Right. And maybe that's because of the way Jalen Hurts talks about the team. But they feel like they're very grounded. They do things their way. They know they're a well-rounded team. They know what they're not great at. And to me, that's why this loss is actually going to benefit them. It's sometimes good to be like, okay, the pressure's off now. People, let people think that they can sneak up on us. Let people think we're vulnerable to Jonathan Taylor. Let people think that we, are, we now all of a sudden have more to prove. It's better that way to not have those kind of expectations. That's a really, really good point. Of like, it, it takes the mystique away a little bit. Not to say that they're, a, they're not a bad team. My, my opinion is completely the same. I think they're one of the three best teams in the league. I think they're a notch below Kansas City and Buffalo when those teams are clicking. Obviously, Buffalo's sorting some things out right now, but... <laughs> I've been saying all year on a neutral field, I'm taking Buffalo to beat the Eagles. I still feel that way. I still think the Eagles are really good. I think they're the best team in the NFC. And it's probably good for them. It's probably good for a lot of people, including like LaShawn McCoy, to just be like, hey, we are a good team. We're not going to go 17-0. We are not historically special. We're capable of winning a Super Bowl, but we're not on that 
07 Patriots yeah, type think, of level. I think Shady's going to tackle you when he gets back. <laughs> I'm not, not, not going to protect you. I'm getting yeah, my shots I think, Philly, I think Philly is a, is a really, really good football team. Like, they, they are built to go all the way to the Super Bowl. I just, in terms of, like you mentioned, you gain confidence in the other teams. I'm like, well, I don't think they felt a type of way about them anyway. They were just playing good football. That's an interesting point. What aspect of the Eagles do you think got exposed yesterday? Because I'm with you on the fact that nobody in my mind was truly scared of the Eagles. But if I am Saquon Barkley and I play the Eagles in two weeks, licking my chops. If I'm Derrick Henry, I play the Eagles, I believe, in three weeks, licking my chops. If I'm Jonathan Taylor and I play the Eagles next week, I'm like, yo, Brian Robinson went for 150? They allowed, they ran the ball 50 times. We got an offensive lineman as a head coach. I think some teams started to smell blood in the water. I mentioned that earlier today. Where do you stand on that? Did the Eagles in any degree get exposed in the sense of defense? Yeah, I don't think they got exposed anywhere. I, I think the, the thing was they didn't hold on to the football. They had some mistakes. Washington just held on to the football for 40 minutes. Like, they were able to do that. That's, that's extremely hard to do. They had the same amount of uh, drives, 10 drives each. Washington had 81 plays to Philly's 47. So when, when Philly had the football, they were very efficient. Like, if Hurts got the ball back, I'm sure they were going to go down and score again. Mm-hmm. But they just didn't get the football back. So to hold the, to keep Jalen Hurts on the sideline, the offense on the sideline, and run it that much and hold on to the ball, that is really hard to do. So, sure, you can be Saquon and, and Jonathan Taylor and lick your chops all day long, but that, that's going to that's gonna be really hard to do. And now Philly knows. Philly, they realize what happened to them. So them being a well-rounded football team that I know they are, they're going to go back and make adjustments. So it's not guaranteed that someone's going to run, that Jonathan Taylor next week is going to run all those yards. Mm-hmm. So this really feels like a case where Washington had a wonderful game plan and they executed it to yeah. absolute perfection. And, the, and then the Eagles threw four very fluky mistakes on top of that. You realize, we haven't talked about this, Washington – Converted 50% of their third downs, which is wonderful. They had 21. That's the stat. <laughs> 21 third downs in this game. You couldn't do that again if you tried. I've never – to have 21 third downs and to convert 50% of them, you play that game 100 times, you'd never see that again. That like, crazy. if I'm – 21 if I'm, third downs, bro. Think if I'm the that. Eagles, that I say, like, I'm like, so we had part, a weird the game. The I don't think you'll see again is Dalit Goddard getting face mask and fumbling. Quez Watkins trying so hard that a defensive uh, back ends up forcing a fumble. No, that might happen again. You think? Well, yeah. I mean, balls get punched all the time. Yeah, but it was a, it was a, it was a after a fifty fumble. yard completion. After a 50 yard, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. where I'm at. But as far as the Eagles not getting gashed like that, and they really didn't get gashed. I do think you will see a team, the Colts, attempt 35 plus runs next week. Oh yeah, what I other do believe that. Do they have. But that's my point. <laughs> like, I think you'll see the you'll see the Colts attempt that. I think you'll see the Giants attempt, attempt. that. Attempt. Yes. But remember, the Eagles only gave up 3.1 yards for rush. So as long as you attempt it, the, you, there's already an L being taken in the fact that they're going to try it. That's, where I, that's my like, fear. It happens, so you can't ignore it that Watkins fumbled that ball. But before he fumbled that ball, you were like, oh, this game's over. Right? Yeah. Yes. No, well, right? They were gonna, so, yeah, so, I was going to so, be on Washington so to score so, again. Correct. Which I don't believe was going to happen because Philly is the better team. So let's just remove, let's play fantasy for a second and remove that, that fumble and imagine that they score, which is how everyone collectively watching that game, including the Washington Commanders, Correct. <laughs> right? <laughs> then we're having a different conversation still about the Philadelphia Eagles. So to me, when we talk about this being a, re- a repeatable thing, to Will's point, you could try it. Like the Colts are going to try it because the Colts are not a good football team. They don't have a choice. They have the, one of their best players is Jonathan Taylor. They're going to have to run the ball. But it's not a secret. We're not, like, letting the Eagles know that that's a problem that they have to address. So all of the fluky things that happened in this game, and, again, got to give the commanders credit, they executed it and took advantage of Philadelphia's mistakes, which every team can't do and won't do. That's really how you have to evaluate what the Eagles are going to be moving forward. Yeah. Well, coming up, we got to talk about the MVP race because the Eagles are still having a great season, but so are the Miami Dolphins. So where does Tua Tagovailoa fall as the MVP candidate or Patrick Mahomes? Josh Allen, is Daylon Hurt still at the top of the list? That is next. Don't go anywhere. We take the ball from goal to goal. We are a little over halfway into the season, and 
the reigning, or at least the reigning undefeated team, the Philadelphia Eagles, saw their quarterback take an L last night. But Jalen Hurts is still in the MVP conversation. This is a conversation everybody wants to hear, so let's talk about it. I'm going to tell you who my top five is for the MVP, and it's real simple at number one. Everybody knows who that bad, bad, bad man is in Patrick Mahomes. So that's an easy one spot for me. You got to go with Patrick Mahomes. Number two. Jalen Hurts, I get it, you lost, but that loss ain't knocking you too far down the list. I got Hurts at number two. Three, two. At three, how about Josh Allen? I get it, interceptions, 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 but it's fine. Josh Allen will find a way to rebound. At number four, Tua, Tunga, Baya, Loa, he's a beast, and he's undefeated when he starts and finishes games. And lastly, at number five, there's a reason the Vikings are seven and one, and it's not Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson, he's taking my five spot. That is my current top five in the MVP conversation. But, Joy, who is your MVP? Who's taking that one spot for you? Yeah, I mean, nervous for a second. Why is that? Yeah, I mean, the first half, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> that with that Vikings move. <laughs> Uh, I think it's hurt. I think it's between Hurts and Tua right now. I think Hurts has a slight lead because they've had a better season and he's played in all of the games. But I, the Eagles are the best team in the NFC and the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC to me. Tua is having such a great season. He's elevating another player on his team who's dependent on him and Tyreek Hill into the MVP conversation. So to me, it's, it's Hurts' MVP to lose at this point. You said Tua elevated Tyreek? Is that what you said? Well, Tua is ahead of Tyreek in the MVP conversation. Yes. They help each other. Okay. <laughs> Tyreek's having an unbelievable season, but Tua <laughs> delivers Tyreek. I, 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 I hate when people do that. I hate when people do what Will just You said. get a Tua. <laughs> I hate when people do that. When you ask a question, it's not a question. You know what you heard. You know what you got dang heard? We're black. So you said. It's, you, uh, it's, how he it's looked. for effect. You said. I'm just, I'm just writing effect. it down, just making sure. So, man, who's your top MVP right now? It's, it's that man. It's Mahomes. Which I could have. I was, I was shocked. Look, Joy, you are a sister, like, wife. We're all good. My wife and you know all good friends. Like, but how you not say Mahomes? Mahomes. How do I not say Mahomes? Yes. Mahomes has a loss to the Buffalo Bills and a bad loss to the Colts. Okay. Anyhow, Mahomes has been <laughs> Mahomes has been lights out. Okay, all, all year, and I feel like w- with Mahomes on the Chiefs, it's it, it's a revolving door at receiver. As long as he is there, as long as himself and Andy Reid are there, it, it, I want to say it doesn't matter who you have a receiver, but you can just bring in guys, and he's going to get it done. Last three weeks, uh, two games over 400 yards. Last week, you know, 330 yards, eight TDs in the last two weeks, I believe, or last three weeks, eight TDs, and he has that. He has that innate ability where it's like, it's almost like rage, right? It's like you say something to him, he's gonna just level up and take over. I feel like with him, man, he's, it's his, to, it's his to lose, like straight up. I think you have to focus on like we're we're talking about MVP right now. Like I'm not handing out anything for the season today, but right now, for me, based on what we've seen through the first half of the season, I agree. I think it's Jalen Hurts. A little bit of that, and it, it's totally fair to say. Like I think Patrick Mahomes is a victim of his own success. Yeah. He won MVP his first year as a starter. We have seen him do some of the most ridiculous things on a football field. Like he, I mean, he has set a new standard for quarterback play as far as I'm concerned. But questionable loss to the Colts. Throws a pick at the end of the game against the Bills. Like, I mean, you know, it's fun. Like when you're Patrick Mahomes and we've seen how great you can be, we don't do segments about like, has Mahomes lost it? He threw a pick against the Bills. <laughs> you're just like, oh, yeah, like he'll be fine. He'll still be Patrick Mahomes. And that's true. But – you, you know, I'm splitting hairs here saying, okay, well, Mahomes wasn't at his crazy, crazy best through the first half of the season. Meanwhile, this young guy, Jalen Hurts, who I had a ton of questions about coming into the season, didn't know if he was the future, didn't know if he was worth committing to. He is the reason why Philly just lost their first game midway through November. Like, it's almost Thanksgiving, and Philly just lost their first game because of how well he's playing. He threw a pick. That should have been a catch, by the way. A.J. Brown should have caught that ball. It was his fourth turnover of the year. Yeah. You see Mahomes. In is, you say he's not Mahomes-like in the first few, first half of the season? He has, uh, again, by a crazy standard, yes. I know that. I, I know what the numbers are. I know what the numbers are. 25 TDs. We can say that Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league, and people will push back on that. We didn't have segments about whether Patrick Mahomes was good or not anymore, but right. we did have segments about whether Josh Allen was better than Patrick Mahomes. We sure did. Yeah, sure did. That's fair. Right. Yeah. 
this season. Mm -hmm. So the question is based off of what's happened right now because we don't know what's going to happen. Sure, but I agree. He could be a victim of his own success, but he's playing at that level. Correct. For me, it's very simple. Dave, let me ask you this. What's Jalen Hurts' best game this season? Oh, gosh, probably (laughs) the first half of the Vikings game. Sure, but there's also, I would say, the Steelers game. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then, well, the Steelers, yeah. They, Steelers they game. kicked the Steelers I out. would say that the Steelers game was Jalen Hurts' best game of the season. Four touchdown passes, no picks, 285 yards. It was dominant. Mahomes has done that three times. Yeah. Like, for, me, that, for me, that's where it starts and where it stops. Like, when you look at Jalen Hurts' best game of the season, his best one, Mahomes threw for four touchdown passes last week. And then he threw for five touchdown passes in week one. And then he threw for four touchdown passes in the middle of the season. Five touchdown passes in 360 yards. So it's like. But is it just numbers? Because if that's the case, then the best quarterback with the best numbers on the best team is going to win it every single year. We don't, it's need, to not, have, we don't need to have a conversation about it. To me, it's. If, if it's not numbers, there has to be something extremely unique to the talent. Adrian Peterson, 2012. Two, you were there, and you would have played him. No, you weren't in the Packers then, so you wouldn't have seen him as much. Thank Adrian God. Peterson, 2012, <laughs> 2,000 rushing yards. Something extremely unique. Jalen Hurts, an undefeated season. But at the point in which it's not, not something extremely unique, now I default back to numbers. But if Jalen Hurts goes undefeated, oh, all day. Well, that's why I don't like the MVP conversation. Let's just make this a quarterback award and be done with it. Like, the best quarterback on the best team is just going to win this, this award every single year. Do you think that the Eagles would have gone on this undefeated streak without Jalen Hurts? Absolutely not. Okay, so where, where's the value? Where's the word value play into this conversation? We already ha- the reason I put Tua right behind Jalen Hurts and above Patrick Mahomes is we've seen what happens when Tua is not playing for the Dolphins. And while missing two and a half games, he still leads the NFL in passer rating. He's second in completion percentage. He has 18 touchdowns and three interceptions, so he's tied for touchdown-interception ratio in the NFL. And he leads the NFL with 9.1 yards per attempt. So all those numbers that you're talking about with Patrick Mahomes, Tua is doing playing at that level while also missing two and a half games. So the issue I have with that is you gave me averages. You didn't give me gross numbers. Averages aren't affected by absence. I value absence too much to have two at the top of my MVP conversation. As somebody who got hurt year after year in the National Football League, I tore my MCL, I broke my thumb, I tore my quad at the NFL Combine. I know how hard it is just to be present. So accountability is you're factoring that in. Yeah, and no, no slight to two. It wasn't his fault he got concussed, but I just give too much credit to Hurts and to Allen and to Mahomes for just having to be there. Yeah, Allen's not in the conversation for me anymore. Not right now. He I, dropped to four. He, he's. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's even. There's no way he's above two either. But two for the games two has played in, he has not put together a streak of three games the way that Josh Allen has. That's a sample size. Yeah, I I say for Tua, he, I can't put that into play in terms of his health. You know, really. Well, from the, for this year. For example, the year Peyton Manning was injured, he missed the whole season. Mm-hmm. He got one MVP vote <laughs> because they didn't do well. They were terrible. Because he wasn't there. Yeah. And so this season, for Tua not to be there, they weren't playing well at all. And when he's there, when he's there, he is absolutely lights out. That's why I think it's, it's interesting that you hold that against him because we were talking about this, Joy and I, like, you have a very interesting sample size of how forgettable the Dolphins are when Tua's not there and right. how fantastic they've been when he's there. And for that matter, we talked about Tyreek Hill as possibly being in the MVP conversation, I believe, last week. He is for me. You, you brought up that the Dolphins didn't win when Tua was out, but Tyreek was available. Correct. That's why t- I know Tua's value to the Dolphins is immeasurable. I'm just saying I do not punish you for showing up and failing more than I punish you for not showing up. That's what I hated about the SAT. Back when I had to take the SAT, you got worse credit for not answering a question than for answering a question wrong. Now, they've since changed it, thankfully, because you used to be coached, hey, if you don't know the answer, don't answer it. That's dumb. So you're going to punish somebody for trying and failing more than you're going to punish somebody for not trying? It's what we do with LeBron James. We went to the finals and lost. Hey, how many times take the SAT? Only once. I was already accepted. Okay, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> he went to the finals and lost. It's asinine to me. Like, he went to the finals. So it's weird, and y'all know I, I love to and probably most in the league, but I can't punish a quarterback for trying, for being present and being bad more than I punish one for not being Okay, present. so then if that's the case, how is Hurts not above Mahomes? Is it just simply numbers? Because you, you agree that 
Hurts is the most valuable player on that team. He's the most valuable player on that team. For me, it's simple with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is not as valuable to the Eagles as Patrick Mahomes is to the Chiefs. I say it for this reason. Eagles roster is just significantly and substantially better. The only place that the Chiefs roster is better than the Eagles is at tight end. That's the only place. And the Eagles still have a Pro Bowl talent tight end in Dallas Goddard. Now, as far as Jalen Hurts, incredibly valuable. If he goes 16-1, and Joy, cool. Assuming Mahomes loses like four or so games. But Mahomes, what, what Hurts does better than Mahomes is QB sneak and win. And as long as it's no, as long as that gap is not super substantial, I gotta look at Mahomes' 26 freaking touchdowns yeah, and Hurts. With the Chiefs, with the Chiefs, you you know what it is. You know, we line up, we need to stop Mahomes. Period. Like that's what it is. When you play against Philly, it's like you're you're going against a lot of things going on here. It's like, okay, how are we gonna guard, you know, AJ? How are we gonna guard Devontae? Okay, we got this unbelievable secondary we gotta get through. Because sure, we can say, do they win those games without Jalen Hurts? Probably not. But do they win those games without Darius Slay? Probably not. Do they win those games without CJ Gunner Johnson? Probably not. So overall, like I mentioned in the earlier segment, collectively as a whole entire team, like I love Philly, but I just feel like what Mahomes is like you know game planning, we are trying to stop him. And that's, and that's, and that's the head of the snake right there. Dave, take us home. I, I don't disagree with anything. And that's why like, I always emphasize today, like right now, because I have a feeling Patrick Mahomes probably will win this thing. I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I just, and again, it's not Patrick Mahomes' fault. I came into the season knowing the Chiefs would be one of the best teams in the league and it would be because of him. The Eagles are the story of the first half of the season in terms of, like, shaping the Super Bowl picture. And it's because of Jalen Hurts. So, at the very least, I'm going to give him that credit in the first half of the season. That doesn't mean he's going to win MVP, but I definitely think he's worthy of that recognition at the halfway point. Love it, love it, love it. Love this conversation. Well, coming up, we got to talk about the NFC, the same NFC that the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Vikings all reside in. Because after the Eagles just took a loss, you will want to hear which team we think is the best in the NFC. That's next. Well, back to football. 49ers currently the seventh seed after the win against the Chargers. The Eagles in the NFC, they're still in first place, although they lost last night. And how about them Cowboys? The sixth seed right now at a record of six and three. Now, look, after the Eagles lost yesterday, it kind of at least opened up opinions. It opened up the debate to ask who's the best team in the NFC. When the Eagles are undefeated, it makes it harder to ask. But now that they got a loss, I can ask without being criticized. So, Will Blackman, I'm asking you, which NFC team are you most confident in? Well, 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 I'm confident, believe it or not, in the Bucs. I'm very, very confident Hmm. in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers simply because they are going to win the NFC South. Yep. In all... Mr. Thomas Brady needs to do is get into the tournament. Just get into the tournament. I remember I was playing for the Washington football team at the time. And <laughs> I remember a coach was saying, look, we just got to win our games. Even when I was in Seattle, he said, just win the NFC West. We're in. Get in there. Tom Brady is 35 and 12. Obviously, we know he has seven Super Bowl rings. So I'm very confident. They're getting healthy at the right time. They got a nice break going on here. Defense is giving up only 18 points a game. I like the Bucs. But they got a lot to overcome, big dog. Not a whole bunch of talent comparatively that's shown up. Get into the tournament. <laughs> get into the tournament. Let's get into the tournament. Let's get into the tournament. Joy that's Taylor, it. who are you most confident in NFC? I'm some of the most confident in the Eagles. That's why I say I, I, I kind of like that, that this happened. I kind of like this loss because now we're going to start having those conversations. Is Jalen Hurts good enough? Is he a franchise quarterback? Are the right. Eagles vulnerable? <laughs> All the stuff people were scared to say when they were undefeated. Everyone's going to start piling on right now. And if I'm the Eagles, I love it. It's an it's a underdog city. Don't worry about us. We'll, we'll be all right. We'll be quiet over here. We'll be the lowly Eagles with the 8-1 and record. We're the same as the Vikings, even though we kicked their ass. It's fine. That's, that's where the Eagles are right now, and it's the perfect position to be in. So that's why I keep saying it. It's really not a bad loss. I, I'm still the most confident in the Eagles. I have been since day one. I don't think that there is a team that is close to them. Do you want to write your love letter to the Niners first? Or, like, how do you, <laughs> wow. you want to do this? Do you, <laughs> no, you know he wants to finish it. No, oh, you're right. Since you said it, y'all know me. Um, I like the Eagles most because I played for the Eagles. I am most confident in the Niners. The reason I'm most confident in the Niners is because the Niners have the best roster, not just in the NFC. They have the best roster in football. Now, I love the Eagles cornerbacks. That might be the differentiating factor when you got Darius Slay, when you got Garner Johnson at safety, when you got Bradbury at the other corner. I like the Eagles secondary. But if you telling me 
You got Trent Williams out there, left tackle. Christian McCaffrey, a running back. Debo Samuel, a wide receiver. Fred Warner, at linebacker. Nick Bosa, defensive end. Hafunga back there, at safety. And you got a quarterback that knows how to win in the playoffs and has been to the Super Bowl before. Excuse me. God, dog. How can you not be confident? How can you not be? I am. I love it. NFC Championship, two out of the last three years? Two out of the last three years, you. big dog. Four and one in the playoffs. Four wins, excuse me, in the playoffs. Four wins in the play. Four wins. Four, you know where I'm going. I know where you're going. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm a contrarian at heart. I don't like to take the popular teams. Like, I wish, I want to believe more in the Niners. I just, I need to see more of it. They've been banged up. True. They've been inconsistent. Of course. It is halfway through the season. Like, I, I, I love that pick. I, I respect the hell out of Will for having the guts to go with the Bucks. <laughs> I'm going to sit over here in, in safety land with joy. Like, I mean, the Eagles are just, they're such a, they're such a complete team. Again, Jalen Hurts hasn't completely answered all my questions. There's no way you can do that till they get to the playoffs. But he has played so much better than I thought that he would. They don't have a glaring weakness they're probably going to have home field advantage, if not all the way through. Then they're at least going to be able to play one, possibly two playoff games at home. And again, and, and for them to have their first slip up this far into the season, it, it's impressive. Whereas like, literally every other team in the NFC, I can sit there and go like, yeah, but you look terrible that day. You <laughs> lost it, wasn't, to, it wasn't a bad slip look, up either. Like, no, exactly. No, it's no, a no. very, I mean, like, literally, like, I mean, the, the Niners got that Falcons game on their resume. Oh, no, no, no. Talk more. The Niners lost to the Bears. Oh, no, 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 no. Talk more. The Niners, who, who, I don't even remember who all the Niners have lost Trey to. Trey Lance lost to the Bears. That didn't happen. <laughs> no, the Niners um, did. Yeah, you're the right. San Francisco 49ers did. Because the reason that you like the Niners isn't just because of Jimmy Garoppolo. No, I like the Niners because okay, of everybody so else. Don't write off that Bears loss like it's nothing. That's a wonderful you're right. point. You're right. Yeah, they everybody they everybody right. They've got so many losses, right. I can't even keep track okay, of them first anymore. First and foremost, they have four losses. That's Calm a down. lot of losses for a team that you say you're the most confident in. Here's the thing. The Niners started three. Three and five last year, and they just miraculously found their way in the NFC Championship game. Where if they don't drop a pick, and they did drop it, I believe it was Jimmy Ward. If they don't drop a pick, they're in the Super Bowl. Oh, but they did drop the pick. They They did drop the pick. They did. It dropped. Emmanuel. They lost to Denver. I forgot about that. They They lost to Denver. It was Jimmy G's first game. Oh, first game this season, right? Yeah, it was his first game. So he doesn't know the offense. Okay, so we're not talking about last season then? He forgot the offense, right? First game start. Last season. Let me ask you this, because Dave, you said something, and Joy, you agreed with it tacitly. So let me ask you this. Where are the Niners incomplete? Because you said the Eagles are the most complete team in ball. You said the Eagles have their weaknesses. But but consistency isn't incomplete. Yes, it is. No, consistency has nothing to do with completeness. I'm saying, like, you're saying roster-wise they are incomplete. Depth. Or rosters-wise. How they even got depth? If you miss a receiver, you still got Ayuk. If you miss a running back, you still got Mitchell. If you like, where, where depth? I just don't see what y'all see. Okay, well, you obviously. can't argue that the reason they lost those games was because they were injured and then argue that they have depth. Ooh. No, you can still lose games with, with depth now. You can still Will is saying that the, where they are where they are light is in depth. If they lost the games because they had their stars injured, then they aren't a deep team. Right. So the, the Falcons game, everyone on Twitter lit me up. They we got, got punched we got, in the mouth. We that got wasn't a, a depth no problem. no. Yes, it was. They, not a they, depth had, they had what, eight starters out. Right. It didn't matter. Fred Warner eight, was out there. They had eight starters out the game. The they had eight starters out the game. Punched in the mouth. Depth. Depth issue. It's not a depth issue. No, Fred Warner and everybody else got punched in the mouth. That's actually that's actually worse. Yeah, that is worse. Punched in the mouth. That you listed. He's on your list. That's worse for your argument. He's a monster. Fred Warner's good. Players get caught slipping. You know what I'm saying? He got caught slipping, but they have running now. Won their last two games. Y'all going to see Eagles-Niners NFC Championship game. We'll talk about it then. Coming up, Jeff Saturday, undefeated as an NFL head coach. But undefeated! Owner, One owner game Ursay undefeated! Is talking wild. Darnell, stop smiling. Anyway, we got to talk about these Colts next. I mean, you want to drain the potency for... Colts owner Jim Irsay, he's firing back. Now remember, the Colts got their first win after the wild hire just Saturday. And Jim Irsay says, all you critics, Joy Taylor, you criticize all of us in the NFL for losing. When we make moves to win, you act so righteous. Who you crapping? Just win, baby. I'm cool with it. Go do your bragging. Undefeated, one game. All I ask is you keep that energy all year long. There's a lot of games left to play. Who you crapping, Will? <laughs> you know, you know, it was, it was funny because I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the speech that Jeff Saturday gave in the locker room. Like it was good and encouraging. And my man came over, he's like, "No, no, I gotta say something." <laughs> I'm like, "Man, why you gotta say something, man? It was good." 
Who are you crapping? Is that a, like, is that a thing? That's got to be Colt Slang. That's, yeah, Darnell said that's that a uh, nap town. Darnell said that's a nap It just rolls thing. off the tongue. I think the thing is, eloquently. Is, the reason people criticize it, you call it a move to win. I call it hiring somebody who's never done this before. Like, that's a. Listen, that first a, of, guys, first of all, it's a first basic of all, reason to criticize. First of all, something. it is confirmed that Jeff has been a consultant for the team for two years. Mm. Two years. That is legit confirmed. So we can, like, I mean, he's, he's in the building. They know him. He's in, the, he's in the building. No one's hiring you to be a coach. I'll tell you that. Building, you are not hiring job. to be a coach. I might be. Absolutely not. Who you crapping? Who you crapping? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's it for us. <laughs>